Hello, everyone. This is Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Join us as we reveal how you can become the master of your reality. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets. Joined today by Ricardo Bosi, and we're going to talk about some uh, interesting things. Both of us, you know, former military at the highest levels. He's a international business consultant, author, speaker, former Australian Army SAS and uh, forces, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, national leader of Australia One. So I know that you're having a little bit of problems getting uh, your, your message out, your word out. Now here in the U.S. and I think all over the world, we're starting to see that we're not we're not led by people that we really selected. Uh, these people have selected themselves. And uh, I remember, you know, for my whole career, 35 years working in, uh, you know, Navy SEAL teams and uh, the CIA, I was fighting against, uh, you know, foreign forces, you know, terrorists and so forth, hunting terrorists. That was that was uh, that was my mission for most of my life. Uh, but now I feel like the enemy is within. Uh, how, how are you feeling about that? And, and before we jump into that, thank you for coming and tell us a little, a little bit about yourself. We're, I don't want to jump in too fast. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, thanks, Michael. Thank you for the, your kind invitation and good morning or good afternoon, rather, to uh, our good friends in the U.S. Uh, we have a, a very warm, many of us have very warm feelings towards you. And particularly as we move forward into this brave new world, and we can talk about this later, but we uh, we can see the need for a constitutional convention. And I lean heavily on your founding fathers um, for the genius work that they produced way back when. And so that's what we see coming into the future. But thanks so much. But a bit of background on myself. 24 years in the Australian Army. In fact, I was just a few weeks shy of 25 years. Um, worked in uh, not only Special Forces as, as uh, in the Specialist Service Regiment, Commando Regiment, the headquarters. I was in the Joint, task, joint Combined Task Force in Kuwait for a bit as well as uh, mechanized infantry. Like many of the guys, you spend a lot of time in a lot of places doing a lot of things. Mm. Great fun. Uh, then I re uh, retired after that and uh, established my own consulting firm, Lionheart Australasia, consulting to large corporates on leadership strategy innovation. Also have consulted internationally on uh, business continuity in the oil and gas industry, Thailand, Philippines, Pakistan, uh, Italy, a few other places around the planet. And then uh, was asked to go to the United Arab Emirates and I uh, was contracted to their Special Operations Command to help develop their capabilities. And I did high-level strategic planning frameworks, capability development frameworks to help systematize what they're actually doing. And at the other end of the scale, the commander called me in and said, I'd like you to raise our capability of the soldiers. And then um, uh, we did that. We trained them up and deployed with them to the Afghan 11, 2011-2012. I'm trying to remember now. I know my wife was pregnant with one of our daughters at the time. Uh, and so we did a few trips with them uh, in the Afghan, came back to Oz and had a look around at Australia. And you know what it's like when you've been away, in our case, for five years. You see it with, with, with great clarity how things have degraded. And from the moment we landed at the airport, the airport was dirty. I mean, I've landed at third world countries where the airport was looked better than mascot in Sydney. Wow. And then bit by bit, we saw that everything was falling apart. We put the girls in a nice Catholic school down the road and just as quickly pulled them out when we realized the principal and everybody else was into this strange agenda that we had no uh, no truck with, let's just say. 
and we started homeschooling. But we realized somebody had to step up and save the country. And so we started um, Australia One. And this is now where we're facing, I'm facing my fifth election in under four years. Coming up as we, it's like a different innings and we're in the fifth innings and we're getting tired, but we're, I think we're going to start hitting some home runs very, very shortly. The time, the time is right. The people love our message and it's neither left nor right. In your case, Democrat, Republican, it's now about right and wrong. And that's our motto. And we attract, we attract harder, harder union leaders as well as uh, straight back conservatives in blue blazers, because the message that we're creating for this country is just so attractive to everybody. That's the one thing they do see. They do see this country is, is going to hell in a handbasket both the the, uh, the left and the right. And so we're, we're not providing a middle ground. We're just providing a beautiful common sense view of what this country should be. And as you know, when you start a mission, what's the end state? That's everything. So we define the end state and that's what we work towards. So we're in great shape. We have tens of thousands of supporters around the country. We're driving forward as fast as we can, slowly waking up the people. Well, that's fantastic. And uh, we were just talking before the show how I, I came to Australia. I've been there several times and work with the, uh, the SAS and uh, just had the most fantastic time. Uh, I, I feel like the Aussies are my brothers and sisters, um, you know, because we just completely integrated, had the best of time. Uh, I think that was probably the highlight, one of the highlights of my whole career uh, coming down there and working with you guys. So uh, just had the same mindset, you know, uh, work hard, play harder. <laughs> You know, so uh, <laughs> and then and then Absolutely. kind of like shift back and forth when you play a little bit too hard, you come back. Okay, we need to focus on work. All right, but uh, that's that's totally the the mindset that we had as well. And uh, I mean, just the the work ethic, uh, the the larger picture of what's going on in the world. Uh, the Aussies were always my favorite. So uh, that's that's great to see that things are, are uh, you know starting to move in the right direction. I know uh, I use I I would look at Australia and I like. If they're getting away with this kind of clampdown in Australia, it's coming to America because we know that this these evil groups have basically infiltrated uh, and taken over our political systems and pretty much all of our systems. So it's it's really a hard thing to like you know push back and uh, and get this turned around. Now, uh, from from my background and my experience, you know, uh, thirty five years, uh, twenty four years in uh, Navy SEAL teams. Uh, at highest level, SEAL Team 6, anti-terrorist group, and then all, into the CIA hunting terrorists for another uh, 11 years. You know, I got to see a bigger picture of what was going on in the world, uh, some behind-the-scenes, uh, you know, type of events. And uh, my remote viewing ability started to pop in a little bit and uh, things I've been trained in, you know, to kind of like push the envelope a little bit. So I uh, I really expanded and I started to see that, yeah, there's there's things out here in the world that most people aren't exposed to. And uh, I think that's going to help uh, a lot of people moving forward to uh, see that, you know, we have a bigger, bigger uh, sight of what's going on and we can help. We want to help uh, people to advance. Uh, and you're doing an amazing jo job of that. Thank you. Just on your remote viewing, because we were discussing on one of my interviews uh, a week or two back about fifth gen warfare and general mike flint put out a, a book on fifth gen warfare to help people understand what's going on and i explained to people that well they're actually already into sixth gen warfare and remote remote viewing is a part of that mm -hmm. and where instead of having just the specialists do it imagine an entire country this is a the picture i painted imagine an entire country with the capacity to through energetic means actually defeat an adversary before it's even started right and that's real sixth gen warfare at its most advanced so it, it's it never changes as you know 
in in very lockstep sort of a way. But in this case, uh, your remote viewing is an interesting story because way back when I was a staff officer, one of the uh, the Director General of Information Management, when I was doing my penance in the Department of Defence, driving a laptop, and I said to him, "Sir, look, we should. Uh, I think we should be looking at this remote viewing." And he looked at me like I had two heads, and I realised that sort of I'd gone into an area where he just didn't. Now nah, this is this is all witchcraft. Don't touch it. And I said, "No, look, obviously it's not true." <laughs> but if the Americans and the Russians are looking at it, maybe, maybe, maybe we should do the same thing. Anyway, I got a big pushback, and I, I took a back step after that, and I realised I'm not quite in the right area to advance this. But now, now that it's actually coming out, it's becoming more powerful, and mm-hmm. and we certainly tap into it here uh, in in selected areas in the country. It's something that's completely foreign to most Australians, and as I said to you before the show, many of us uh, are aware of what's happening, but a larger percentage. Um, we call them we call them orange hats. They just stare at the screen, and whatever the screen says, they believe. And uh, and it's a it's a it's a tough process getting them to realise that the world in which they live isn't the world they were told about. It's not certainly not the one they grew up in. And uh, lie after lie after lie has been um, washed into their heads. Let's say. Mm. And as you know, there's only one thing harder than getting a new idea into a head, and that's getting an old idea out. That's true. And, uh, yeah, it is a process. And, uh, I, I, I experienced the same thing with uh, remote view and I'd been through some courses, uh, and I developed it over time. Really when it uh, kicked off was when I was, uh, working for the CIA and I started actually teaching, uh, people in the CIA. So, uh, you know, those guys were like, uh, you're, cause I would tell them like a week in advance, uh, this, this is coming. It's going to be at this time, this kind of attack, and this is where it's going to take place. Blah, blah, blah. So they could see it. Um, and so they're like, oh yeah, whatever. And then it happened just like I described. And they're like, uh, we don't understand what you're, what you're, how you're doing this, but just let us know if something's coming. I was like, good, I can work with that. So you know, I taught a few people over time, uh, and uh, you know, it, it started to uh, actually grow within those organizations. I think it's, it's pretty, pretty powerful now. And I think that that is one of the things that a lot of us have to uh, start to tap on, tap into this sixth generational type of uh, you know warfare that we're in right now. You have to, because they, they're fighting on that level. Uh, and if we, we reach that level, we, we defeat them and I've defeated them over and over again. I actually, like you were describing, I would send energy to certain individuals like Osama bin Laden. Uh, we were actually tracking him for a long time. And then it was like, I'm, I'm just going to start to send him some energy. And I started saying what I, what I call the bubble of love. I sent him love, which is the most powerful force in the universe. And, you know, within a year, my old team, still team six, red squadron, the squadron that I was in, imagine that came in and took him out. So, uh, these coincidences, eventually you start to see them over and over again. You start to realize they're not coincidences. We're tapping into something that's much greater. And I think that's, that's one of the things like we, like I was, you know, trying to suggest that, you know, most of us, if we start to uh, tap into this, uh, ability, we might not understand it right at first, but just be open to it. And those of us that are in the leadership roles in those areas, you know, describe it and help other people grow in those areas. I think it's going to be uh, the thing that's that's the way of the future. So overcoming this dark of uh, these dark forces and and having that as the potential that we can grow to. That's that's phenomenal. I think a lot of people uh, are get excited about that. Yeah. And I haven't mentioned this before, but I'll do it now because I think the time's right. We in A1, Australia 1, have been using this capability for some time on the quiet and it's okay to bring it out now because we've 
we're sufficiently sophisticated to have an offensive and defensive capability, and it's it's paid off because uh, it's happened. Well, let's just say more than once. We've been at a location, and the message came through very quickly that we had uh, very little time to get out of there because bad things were going to happen. Mm. And so we uh, we made our apologies and we departed. And the most recent event, we I think we got out with about five minutes to spare, which was very handy for us. And so this is very real. And I guess I'm, I'm raising this not so much for your viewers, but certainly for the Australians watching this. There are forces beyond your comprehension that are, are at play here. And I know that uh, my team, unfortunately, yeah, we've got uh, an, a, a wonderful executive. I mean, goodness me, you couldn't you couldn't find more dedicated people, and they're all volunteers, dedicated people. And then we have our state coordinators and our supportive group leaders across the country. And because of, and you'll understand this, uh, you've got compartmented operations, and you just don't tell them what's going on. And all of a sudden, something pops up, and they think you've lost your marbles because you've said something so out of the blue. And they think, my God, yeah, what's happened to Bozy? He's gone nuts. But then two, three weeks later. <laughs> The, you know, the evidence is there. And so I'm, I'm glad I got a chance to actually mention that because there are incredible forces at play, which I still won't go into in full detail. Mm -hmm. You've been certainly playing with The Russians have been doing it since forever. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's certainly one of the... It's predicated much of our success because in a, any other time in history, I mean, I've got a target on my back the size of the Grand Canyon and you couldn't miss the thing. And yet we're still here. Now, how do you explain that? There's, you know, there's not many explanations for it because... You know, people that have cured cancer, they suicide themselves you know, by stabbing themselves in the back of the neck five times and things like that. And yet we are still here. And there's only a couple of explanations. So it's the, it's the point that we're, we're fighting this war on a whole new level. We're actually fighting a six-gen war, uh, not having ever mentioned it, but I'm happy to do so now because I want people to understand there are bigger things at play. So in, uh, in Oz, one of our challenges... <clears throat> Is, as I said, these orange hats, that uh, they just believe whatever the uh, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, that's our public broadcaster, we call it the Australian Bolshevik Collective, yeah. the the ABC, whatever they say must be true. And, and they will brook no opposition to whatever is said. And so bit by bit by bit, we have to start to expand their perspective. And if they think the idea that this bioweapon was designed to kill people is challenging, <laughs> wait till the full truth is rolled out. Oh yeah, uh, it's going to be tough, and we actually we I want our people all the time, and that's what we're doing. We are preparing ourselves to help move the people from where they are to where they need to be. That's why I call A one the Ark, because it's not our job to um, to storm Parliament House and uh, with guns blazing and take control of the nation. That's we know who's we know who's got that job, and they're doing a magnificent uh, job doing it. There's this subterranean war that's being run by multiple. Uh, the, the military forces around the planet. Our job in A1 is very clear. We are to help the people move from where they are to where they need to be. And it's going to be a tough gig because the the shock that they will be going through is unprecedented. And I use these words and, and I hope they don't think I'm, I'm over-egging the, the cake because it is unprecedented. This is a war for the world. This has never happened before on this scale. And as I said recently at a rally, you know, most wars are for land. And in the process, you've got to kill people. Well, this is different. This war is to kill people, a lot of people, six and a half billion people. And those numbers, they just, the brain cannot comprehend six and a half billion dead. Mm -hmm. Now, thankfully, that's not going to happen because of the brave patriots around the world who are doing what they are doing so we can then clean up the mess. But my goodness, it's just extraordinary. And they're going to, they're going to suffer. And that's what we're preparing to do. So it's, a, it's going to be a hell of a job.
Yeah, that's, you know, I, I've appreciated your work. I've watched you for uh, at least a couple of years now. And uh, you've really stood up uh, to these guys. And I was like, like you, like you said, you got a big uh, bullseye planted on your back. And uh, I was like, ah, he's, he's what, I, that's what I love about you guys. Uh, the Aussie SAS guys. Uh, when I was in, when I was there, it was uh, 1996 uh, April timeframe. And that's when uh, Port Arthur uh, massacre happened. And I remember all the guys were like, they're shaking their heads. So they're going to take our weapons away. And I was like, no, they won't. They won't do that. And they did. It's like, so, you know, you guys have been on the cutting edge as far as like, you know, what's, what's happening, what's going on. That was a long time ago. And now I believe people are saying, yeah, we should not have given up our weapons. Uh, cause it's hard to fight back without a weapon with people that do have weapons. Um, but yet you are. And, uh, the consciousness thing is, is the greatest thing that you have to uh, defeat them. Like I was just saying, you know, defeating Osama bin Laden started with the consciousness. So that made him vulnerable, made him weak. And then it made him, uh, it made him a target. So we know you and I know that we're targets, uh, of these people on, on different levels and we protected Great. ourselves and, and pushed back on that and, and have maintained, you know, the fight, maintained the fight because we're on that, that higher, uh, consciousness level, uh, working against these guys. So we're protected on a certain level, but that protection has come at a price. Uh, we've worked hard to get it. And we know that there's a lot of people going to have to go through the hard things that we went through sometimes to get to the consciousness level where we're at, but it's going to happen fast. We were, for me, it happened over a period of time, years and years and years of development. They're going to, they're going to make that jump within a very short period of time, which is, which is absolutely possible. Cause you know, you and I know that I can take somebody that has hardly any experience with a gun and get them to expert and beyond very quickly. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get people to the expert level as far as their consciousness in a very short period of time. It's doable, but it's, it's going to take, you know, more and more people stepping up. And I think that's the thing that here in America and all over the world, we're trying to get more people involved. We're trying to awaken as many people as possible to spread this world word and get the people active and pushing back on the deep state on a larger, larger scale. Yeah, and that, that first step, again, in, in management circles, it's called change management. There's a process to take them through, which, which is largely accurate enough for what we're doing, but obviously we have to adjust for it. But the same process is there. We're going to say goodbye to the old world. But the, the most challenging part is always for uh, anybody going through change is letting go of the old. Once you let go of the old, then you can spread your wings and start to fly. And it's it's almost literally like that, as you know. You take people through the process and they realize, well, this isn't too bad. But getting the, getting the bird to let go of that perch, <laughs> man, that is that is that is the tough, tough moment. And I think that'll happen um, rather energetically, let's say, because the, the truth will be just so, so clear, so in their face that they can't pretend it's not real. And, you know, uh, let me just mention this one because, again, this is one I mentioned at a, a rally recently. And uh, it's not an idea that's common in Oz, common around the rest of the world. And it's the idea of the Khazarian Mafia who are running this 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 whole this whole show. And uh, somebody said to me, why are you leading this march from the Russian uh, consulate? You know, what's it got to do with Australia? What's it got to do with mandates? What's it got to do with COVID? And I was talking about the Khazarian Mafia and the fact that they're being taken out in, in uh, the Ukraine and, and Vlad, Vladimir Putin is cutting off the head of the snake. And people thought, okay, what's the Khazarian Mafia? And now we go down this, this rabbit hole of the Khazars and the and the Russians who <laughs> I can't was it um about nine hundred was it? 
Yeah, I think it was uh, one, of, one of the lads. One of the lads, I think, uh, you know, came in and basically told them, "Hey, you guys got to like pick up one of these three, one of these three religions. Otherwise, we're just going to annihilate you guys." And they're like, "Okay, we'll take Judaism." <laughs> and that was just the cover, so they can continue being Luciferians. That's exactly it. And this is the part that people get confused about. So you say the Khazarians are the Jews? No. So why are the Jews so annoying? They're not. <laughs> Your average Jew. The, the original, and this is our understanding of it, the original Judaism, way back when, before it got mixed in with the Babylonian uh, nonsense and the Talmud. And that's why there's so much insanity in the Old, uh, not the Old Testament, which is the Torah, which is slightly different. Even that's been mashed up, uh, con con conflating a number of separate ideas. But go beyond that, where the original Judaism was, was smashed with the, the Babylonian nonsense, and that's where we had the, the child sacrifice and the rest of it. Mm -hmm. And, and it so is, I guess... Yep. The Canaanites, there you go. And it's it's obvious to us, and we understand it, that it's a, it was a cover story because just to, to put some flesh on the bone, the Khazarians were this awful race of people, and they were the, the identity, the original identity thieves. They would take travellers who were passing between east and west, mm -hmm. steal their identities, take their money, take everything, and away they went. And they were into child sacrifice and blood drinking and the whole lot. Yep. And as you said, uh, the Russian leadership said, that's enough. You're a bad country. Pick a pick one of the, the three big religions um, or we'll annihilate you. They chose Judaism and then used that as the cover story, exactly as you said, and they penetrated every country. And even as a boy growing up, I said, why does everybody hate the Jews? Well, when you look into the history of the Khazars, it's pretty bloody obvious why you hate the Jews, but it's not the Jews. But again, in Oz, what they're trying to do is uh, put this divide in and say and try to get this anti-Semitic nonsense going. And I think you described it as the Abrahamic Judaism, which is very different to the Khazarian Judaism, which is the cover story. But they want to do that. And mm -hmm. uh, and there are some bad guys running the show, without a doubt. But again, this, this speaks to the next part of, of the major thrust of what I try to inform people about. It's the leadership of all the groups that are the problem. It's not the Jews. It's the Jewish leadership. It's not the Catholics. It's the Catholic leadership. It's not the unions. It's a union leadership. It's not big business. It's big business leadership. That's always the problem. In Australia, unlike the US, same, just almost we're slightly smaller geographically to the US, but uh, your population <clears throat> is you know eleven times ours. It's extraordinary the scale. So we've got this very small population on a very large landmass concentrated on this on the, uh, the cities, on the coast, and it's so easy to control. And so the polity, the bureaucracy, the judiciary, the constabulary, the military, big business, big unions, academia, media, every religious organization have all been penetrated. And so it's easy to get to, to play the Australians because the average Australian, and we are the lucky country, we'd rather watch a game of football and have a beer and a barbecue hmm. than get too excited about just about anything. Now, that's a lovely characteristic to have, but it's also a terrible flaw if you're not careful. We don't have that on the front foot energetic patriotism, which I so admire out of the Americans. We're going to change that. <laughs> We're going to change that, by the way, when we get our new constitution, mm. uh, as I said, leaning heavily on yours. But um, the leadership of this country is so bent and so penetrated, and the means by which, and this is another one of my supporting efforts, if not the main effort of our of our attack, is the, uh, the Masonic filth, the Freemasons. We call them the Masonic filth. Mm -hmm. And they have their fingers in every pie. I'm not sure you can you can tell us about the US, but certainly in Australia, because it's so easy to do. Because we have, um, for example, the New South Wales Police Force. Now, New South Wales is our largest and most uh, our most populous state, not our largest state, but certainly our most populous state. 
It's one of the largest police forces in the world. So in the US, you have many police forces. They're all very small. We have one large one. So if you get a piece of Masonic filth as a commissioner, and we've had plenty, they control just everything about everything that has to be controlled. And they work very closely then with the child protection agencies, which are not. They are connected in terms of child sex trafficking and satanic ritual abuse. And so you can control the whole world. So anybody with a legitimate complaint against a policeman, against a, a, a religious order, against a business or a union, if the Masonic filth is involved, and they will be, you'll never get any any satisfaction. Well, there's no legal remedy that gets through in this country. Every judge is bent. Every one and I'd be, you know, <clears throat> there's an old Australian expression, I'll bear my ass in Burke Street if you can prove me wrong. Um, so that's that 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 uh, Masonic uh, infiltration of every aspect of life in Australia is what groups us, and we are making good headways against destroying them in the minds of the people. It's tough, but we're making good headway. Is it the same problem with you in the US with the Masons? Oh, definitely, Secret definitely. Uh, their, their, their symbols will be their downfall. That's one of the Q posts. Uh, and that's that's what we see with a lot of the uh, Masonic symbolism, the the numbers and, and so forth. Uh, you can start to see the, their patterns. Uh, I've been reporting on their patterns. I look for their patterns. You know, they'll telegraph what they're going to do. They'll maybe have it come out in a movie. Maybe they'll come out. Some, they'll say something. Uh, they'll have a report that's like buried deep in a in a news magazines or a paper. Uh, but they're they're basically telegraphing because in their mind, if they tell you what they're going to do and you don't complain, then they have no karmic debt. Uh, that is changing because we're going to hold them accountable, and they're not going to get away with all this stuff. So that's that's one of the things that I think that we're uh, helping people to see that uh, you know the symbolism. You look at uh, Washington D.C. Uh, it's laid out all Masonic symbolism. Uh, you have the, uh, the Washington Monument, which is, you know, basically Egyptian type of, uh, you know, thing. And you have the obelisk around the world uh, in Paris. Uh, you have it in uh, um, London and you have the Vatican. So they all have their obelisks. The obelisk is basically, you know, the, um, I guess, uh, Osiris. You know, is uh, ISIS was able to put all the pieces back together, but the penis that was cut, he was basically cut in pieces. And to reproduce, she had to make a false one, a false penis, and she reproduced and they, they had Horus. So uh, that is what the symbolism is. So the symbolism will be their downfall. The symbolism, we look for their symbolism. Where are they doing it? Uh, I know in your capital, it's laid out with uh, um, symbolism as well. So once you start to uh, see the symbolism, you see their uh, their actions, how they speak, how they make their signs and all that kind of crazy stuff. Uh, you start to say, OK, there's there's probably got some fishy stuff uh, going to happen here pretty soon. So that's that's what we're looking for. Uh, how, how about you guys? Are you are looking for the symbols as well? Yeah, it's starting to come out. In fact, there's a, an obelisk in Hyde Park in Sydney. That's a famous park in the center of the CBD. And there's an obelisk there. And I remember as a, as a young boy walking past with my mother, and I said, what's that? She said, oh, that's an obelisk. And I said, what's an obelisk? And she explained the Egyptian connection, not to the detail you just did, but I thought, oh, that's lovely. So when I saw them around the world, it didn't strike me as anything other than an interesting archaeological feature to put into public spaces. But we've since learned a lot. The uh, predictive programming, that telegraphing of their intentions, can you explain your understanding? Because I've, I've heard a few, they're not only quite satisfactory. Why are they compelled to follow a rule when these people appear to have no rules. I mean, it, I find it odd that they should adhere to any rule at all, mm. <laughs> especially one where they are required to uh, to allegedly get our consent. 
Yeah, and that that understanding of their uh, their tactics, as as we like to look at things, uh, gives us a better understanding of how to defeat them. So, in their minds, they're they're gods. They're not the god. They are gods, and that's what Lucifer, when he fell, he basically, why do I have to like abide by God's rules when I can be my own god? So he fell, uh, and other angels fell with him. Uh, the fallen angels. So they have, you know, dispersed and they've in, impacted uh, a lot of these groups. These groups aspire to be gods themselves. Uh, so all of them are gods. So as a god, uh, what they put out, uh, if no one objects to it, then it's it's okay for them to do whatever they want to do, whether it's child sacrifice, whether it's like the Canaanites did, uh, and and do the adrenochrome and all the crazy stuff that they do. Now it's, I, I love that we're, we're able to share this information because most people don't still are not quite on board with this. Although I started putting it out about two years ago, maybe about three. Now I remember my, the first woman uh, that was like totally into this. She had been helping a lot of people. She's like, no one's, no one's going to listen to this. I'm like, they'll listen on my program. And then from that point on, it just started spreading, 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 spreading. I, you know, there's other people share this information too. So it's, it's worldwide now. People are discussing mm -hmm. it. People are aware of it. Maybe they don't still don't believe it, but uh, that is one of their foundations because they believe if they, you know, imbibe the blood of a child that has been, uh, you know, terrorized, the adrenaline goes into the blood and that gives them youth. That gives them uh, energies. I've had, I've actually had someone uh, on to speak about that has actually done adrenochrome. Uh, and he said that he was, he was able to do the remote viewing uh, on a, on a unbelievable level, go back in time, actually being in a different time, a different timeline, all kinds of crazy stuff. So this is the stuff that they want to achieve to be like God's, and to act like gods and have everybody bow down and worship them. If they don't get that, like they're doing right now with the, basically the vaccination program, they're going to exterminate as many as they can of us so that they can get control of us again. Yeah, it's um, it's an extraordinary little journey to go down, and I'm glad we're, we're discussing this because it doesn't get much airplay. I'm, you know, I find myself answering questions like, what's your policy on plastics? To which I answer, we're going to put it over the heads of the pedophiles. Next question, please. <laughs> and uh <laughs> i guess that's my way of saying i'm not playing in the shallows this is this is a mature game for adults we really right. got to step up a whole new level um and the uh the um the whole satanic aspect again it was this now this was reported in mainstream press both the uh the printed press and on tv back in the i think it was the most recent one i found was about somewhere in the 80s, mid-80s, and satanic ritual abuse was on, on, on our version of 60 Minutes, and it wasn't unusual to find claims of satanic ritual abuse in the printed press, and then it just evaporated. You, you couldn't find it ever again. And so raising it now 30, 40, 30 years later, you sound like a loon. And as I explained to when I, when I do my presentations and I dive into this area, particularly when I did a presentation recently, the three-city tour, we did uh, Melbourne, Canberra, Sydney's, and each each presentation was continuing on for the previous one and i went through the detail of the one of the companies that produces adrenochrome and i read a line out uh, which which shocked everybody and, and made some i guess draw breath because it said uh, you know if you believed in your staff as much as you believe in your god because they were threatening death if they didn't follow the procedure properly and i stopped and i said to the crowd look you don't have to believe in the devil but they certainly do 
and that's how they respond. And you've got to, when you're in a battle, the other side gets a vote on the outcome, and you've got to pay attention to who they are, what right. get, what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's good that we're diving into this area, particularly for Australia, because we're now at that point where we need to accelerate. Because as as you know, certainly uh, the reveals are coming thicker and faster. Yeah. We recently saw Matt Hancock, who was the secretary for in the United Kingdom in the uh, Brit Parliament. He was the secretary for health and social services, I think, whatever. And his uh, emails were exposed. Uh, there's a series of emails between him and his uh, media advisor saying, when is the next strain going to be released, the next strain of the COVID? Which is, this is the smoking gun. This is a smoking Gatling gun. This is a smoking, you know, Spectre gunship. I mean, you can't move for the smoke. This is evidence that they know exactly what they're doing and why they're doing it. It, it is the proof that it's a fraud. But proof, not in a technical sense, because there's, there's acres of information there, but in something that the, the average punter out there that's just too busy with life to actually get a hold of and say, did you see what he just said? And there's a, there's a lovely warning to the rest of the filth out there, the Masonic filth, which I love to give. Again, there's one piece of advice to them. That's run. Because when uh, Robert David Steele, <laughs> I, don't know, I like him. I hope he's in protective custody and didn't actually. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he put out that piece about you make the uh, make the deal MF or there's a bullet in the back of the head. When he said that they have everything, and that's just great news. They and this is a, a warning I put out to all the filth out there. Every website you've ever visited, every SMS you've ever sent or received, every phone call you've ever made, they have it. And they will take you down step by step. In fact, last year it was about this time last year, a bit earlier. No, no, it was about uh, February, early February last year. Our government announced a series of counterterrorism exercises on both the east and west coast starting in February. No surprise there. Ending in December, and I, and I just burst out laughing. And I said, and, I, and people asked me why I was laughing. And I said, ladies and gentlemen, you got to understand: the military is either on exercise or on operations. There's nothing in between. Okay. And if you're on exercise, no exercise goes for ten months. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. So if you're not on exercise, you must be on. And I'd let them put the last piece of the puzzle in. And so we know that for the last ten months that ended in December, there have been some uh, soft knocks, let's say, on doors. And the deal has been made, yeah. not the hard knocks, because they didn't want any of that. No. And uh, and one by one by one, more and more of the problem children in Oz have been under control. Not everybody and not enough, but that's we understand they've got certainly got enough to to start um, directing the lower levels of the black hats without the black hats knowing that they're being directed by white hats, and that's happening more and more as they work their way down. Mm-hmm. And so what the uh, the people are seeing is what was intended by the Black Hats, but it doesn't come to fruition. Not all of them anyway. Some do, some don't. There was the uh, the World Health Organization constitution that was going to run the entire planet uh, beginning at about this time last year. And lo and behold, 27 African nations decided against it, so it didn't get passed. And I just, again, I laughed, and somebody said, why? And I said, well, if you want to control African politics, you turn up with a big bag of gold and you'll get whatever you want. And so 27 African leaders were given these bags of gold and they said no and never went ahead. That was the apparent reason why it didn't go ahead. You know, you and I both know it didn't go ahead because it was never going to go ahead. But the White Hats had to show the Black Hats what was intended for them. I think what has shocked the White Hats a little is how slow the people are to move. I think they, were, they are, we're certainly genuinely shocked that no matter how egregious the crimes are, people sit back and say, okay, 
and they're just wanting to change the channel to see what else is on. They haven't actually woken up. But I think that's going to change now with the the revelation that they have been able to contract AIDS. They have myocarditis, pericarditis. Um, they they believe that they have a death sentence. Now, many do. And there's, not, there's some that we will not save. Many will be saved, though, because we know there will be access to technologies um, and even just better nutrition that's going to save a lot of the uh, the people. But the fact that they uh, they believe that they are now on a death sentence, that I think this is going to see an acceleration of the waking up process. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I was just reading recently, there was a, a nursing home there in uh, Australia where uh, 24 people had died and uh, some of the elderly that are there. And normally, you know, maybe three, maybe four at the most. Uh, and But they were all vaccinated. Only one of them died of COVID. And so they're refusing to give out information about, you know, what they died of. And I think that's one of the suppressions. We're seeing people drop dead all over the place and, you know, playing fields all over the world in different sports. These are the the people that are in their prime. Uh, this is this is a wake up call for people. They need that. They need to see that information uh, so that they wake up. And I think that's one of the reasons why the White Hats haven't moved as, as quickly or quicker, because a lot of people feel frustrated that, uh, you know, there hasn't been a movement to really take these people down. Now, part of that is you start to see some of the some of the black hats are going down because they had to get vaccinated, too. It doesn't matter where on the scale they are. Uh, they, they were having to uh, unless they were like super high. Most of them were getting vaccinated as well. So we're seeing a lot of them are starting to uh, have problems and die and, and so forth. So that's that's a, that's one of the indicators that I've been looking at. We're starting to, and, and some of that could be because they're being taken off the stage. Now, you and I know how people are taken off the stage. Uh, we've been involved in that. We've seen that. We've been part of those operations. So it, it's it's hard for the average person to see, you know, these events taking place. But like you've been describing, you're like, well, you kind of laugh yourself. Ah, oh, this is this is happening or this is happening. And I'm the same way. I was like, ah, so I try and tell people as much as I can. But it's the same thing like you're talking about. Unless they see it in the news, which is completely compromised, uh, they don't they don't want to believe. And it's, it's very frustrating. So we are the news now. Hello, this is Michael Jaco. If you want to learn more on how to unleash your own intuition, go to michaelkjaco.com, unleashingintuition.com, where you can find my courses on how to become the master of your own reality. So a lot of people are turning to us and I think in the future, that's the way it's going to be. A lot of these um, news organizations are going to be taken down. They're going to be disbanded. We're starting to see some of that happening here in the United States. We have uh, CNN, Communist News Network, basically has been, or, or the Clinton News Network, depending on you know the time frame. It's been slowly taken down to the point where they're moving their headquarters. They're losing their headquarters that they've had in Atlanta for uh, you know decades because the, the the numbers are coming in for, you know, their ads and so forth because people are just tuning them off. And so yeah. they're not getting the, the exposure they once had because people are, are waking up and they're starting to turn to other uh, alternative news sources. So that's, that's one of the great things, you know, that I see going forward. And I agree with you. Yes, there's going to be probably, unfortunately, uh, a large number, as there has been, a large number of people, you know, expiring from the, uh, the COVID shot. But uh, we'll be able to save a lot of them. The technologies that are coming out now are, are phenomenal. They're starting to creep through 
this control, big pharma control system that's that's being slowly taken down as well, that's being exposed. They don't have the reach like they used to. We're seeing, uh, you know, like Twitter has, has come back from the brink, you know, <laughs> that was completely taken over. I think we're going to see the other, like uh, YouTube. YouTube, you can't put, I can't put anything on YouTube now. If I put it on, they'll, they'll take my channel down immediately. I've had 13 channels. Um, you know, at this point, I probably have like millions of subscribers, but you know, I, I do what I can on Rumble and uh, my own private channel, uh, like we're in right now. So that's, that's, that's the phenomenal thing that we have right now. We can reach at least enough people that are like we are. We, we influence a lot of people. So I think the people that we reach are influencers as well. They're the awakened ones and people are starting to turn to the awakened ones because they've, we've talked this conspiracy theory in their minds for a long time and now it's coming true. So they're like, well, what else do you know? And now that's when the, the real reveals, the real wake up happens. We're, we're in accelerated phase. And I predicted this would be this way. Cause I could like a remote view. I see into, I see into future timeframes and what's coming. What's coming is absolutely amazing, but we're still going to have to go through a very difficult awakening period. Yeah, I agree. And in terms of that uh, source of news, we, we've tried not to be a news network because our job is to build this organization. Yeah. But what, what I found very powerful is just facts, data and facts, particularly when we use their own facts against them. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for example, recently, uh, and just in the last week, I think it came out, that the US VAERS uh, reported 100% of the deaths from the injection came from 5% of the batches distributed. So this this is a very, very interesting little fact. And that, that at the end of this, I'll read you what I what I got from the press. But basically, the top eight states with the highest VAX deaths were all red states, Kentucky, Arkansas, West Virginia, Montana, Alaska, North Dakota, Wyoming, and Tennessee. So 5% of the batches caused that immediate death. That's the rapid kill shot. And they targeted the red states. Now, that didn't mean the, uh, the the blue states missed out, but 19 of the top 24 for vax deaths are red states. So, again, this now explains to the people the, le the level of accuracy with which the, our adversaries operate. It's not some random crazy plan. This is very, very, very carefully planned and executed. Now, California, surprise, surprise, at least affected by the immediate deaths. That doesn't mean they get away with it because even though... Uh, Kentucky says 1,900% greater number of deaths than California. Even Florida, which is, what, 20th on the list, it's 200% uh, greater than uh, Florida. But they're the rapid kill shots. What we also know is they're the slow kill shots. And so everyone eventually, their plan it won't happen, thankfully, but their plan, everyone would eventually um, succumb to the shots. Now, when I gave that, I, I, I reported that last night on an interview I did, here in Oz, and then I asked the question, well, who in Australia was targeted first? Because I want to get them to start thinking, even if I've got to use their own selfish self-protection mechanism to respond, I say, are you in the group that got targeted first? You've got to have a think about it because eventually everybody's going to go, but were you in that first group? And I could, you can almost hear the radio waves go quiet as people are thinking, hang on a minute, did I get the rapid kill shot or did I get the, uh, the slow kill shot? And so... Those facts are critical in terms of making sure that we we penetrate the lies. Because as you know, and this is our, our foundation, trust is everything. Because trust is just not there anymore. It's not. Now, it used to be. This I was, I was reading. What was it? There was a gentleman who was a carpenter a long time ago in one of his first jobs. And they restored 
old houses that might have been 80, 100 years old. And one thing he noticed that none of them had locks. This is in the US, small country town. The doors were being repaired and the house was being renovated. And he found that not one door had a lock because they didn't need it. It was not, this isn't a, an urban myth that in the old days, yeah, we used to leave our bike on the front lawn and the doors unlocked. It was true. How do we know? Because the houses had no locks. They didn't need them. And so the world has changed so dramatically. And they have to understand that this world that we, we want to recreate was actually a wonderful place. It was a wonderful place. The 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 killing us off. They're killing off the ones who want to recreate a, a land for people, a land for humans, not for some elitist group. And we're going to get there, but we have to wake them up and, and shock them into realizing, wow, we have to defend this. We have to defend what we want. We've got to fight. Now you guys have done it. You're, you're and it's unfortunate, but it's fortunate. You've already fought on your land for your land. We haven't. We've always sent somebody overseas. We were attacked in World War II by the Japanese. They sent some aircraft down. They bombed Darwin, which is our northernmost territory capital up north. That's as close as it's got. We also got a Japanese submarine in Sydney Harbour. Uh, it sank the HMAS Cuttable, and then uh, they, they sank one of the subs now, or two of the subs. But that's as close as it got for us. So there is no history upon which we can draw to say to the people, ladies and gentlemen, this is real. People want to remove us because we just, we're isolated. We're a bit like the dodos who were hunted to extinction because when the Portuguese sailors turned up and landed on the island, these dodos couldn't identify a natural predator. So they just wandled up and, and said hello. And the Portuguese sailor grabbed it by the neck, stored them by the length of their head, and then ate them into extinction. That's what the Australians are like because we, we have lost the capacity to identify a natural predator. You, on the other hand, you can spot them. You know them. You can spot them a mile off. And uh, this is going to be Australia's coming of age in a, in a political, cultural sense. And we have to. This is us realizing that the world is a nasty place. What a, my favorite American philosopher, Rocky Balboa. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a mean and nasty place, and it'll beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody's going to hit as hard as life, but it ain't, in hard, it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, that's not Shakespeare, but God, it stirs my soul, I can tell you. I love that speech. Because it is so true, it is so real, and it speaks to a man. And I'm not being sexist, but it just speaks to a man. Because we would rather die gloriously in battle than live miserably on our knees. And that's just men. And we're stupid. Well, yeah, we know that, but we're good with that too. We're pretty comfortable with that idea. <laughs> you know, shoot me, kill me, just don't bore me to death. But that that idea is now what Australia has to experience, and we will experience in the worst kind of way. Because unlike most wars, as, as has been said, this isn't my analysis, but it's accurate. Most wars, the bodies pile up during the war. In this war, the bodies will pile up after the war. And, we, and this, is, this requires, and it comes back to spirit, and it comes back to your belief in, in, in certainly in our case, in a Christian God. Because at the center of every culture, and this is what we're building here in, in Australia for the first time for ourselves, because we've inherited everything. We inherited, in fact, our constitution was, was part Washington and past Westminster. So we call it Washminster. It's got a bit of both. Our founding fathers took a bit of both. But we're going to, we intend and we will, we'll have a constitutional convention in 2024, depending on Hugh's timeline, where we're going to take the people through and they're going to decide for themselves by whom and how they're going to be governed. And it's up to the people, but I've got my model all ready to go. Now, there was, there was dreamt up what, 250 odd years ago in the US 
Iceland, very bright men. And um, in your constitution, in fact, there you go. And that wasn't placed there for the purpose of this um, interview. Okay. This sits on my desk because I refer to it regularly. And the Federalist Papers. And, you know, it's just extraordinary, this treasure trove of, of political genius that your founding fathers left behind. You've been through it. Australia is about to go through it. And we have to decide for ourselves, we've got to grow up. We've got to stand on our own two feet. Um, and I've got some great plans for this country. So if I have the privilege of having any say in a future government, uh, we're ready to go. We have a we have a pile of policies. Um, and let me just paint it for you because this is important. Yeah. Again, the um, intention, again, you know this, but in the military, you're doing a high-level high, high level job. The first thing you do is set your intention, purpose, method, end state. Mm -hmm. Purpose, what you're going to do, method, what you, how you're going to do it, end state, what the world looks like when you're finished. And so we did this for Australia, one for the country. Mm. And the purpose was simple, save Australia. And this is going back many years now. Save Australia. That's it. Our purpose is to save Australia. It's not to get elected. That's a means to an end, not an end. And so I try to explain that to people. Now, let me give you the end state first. It is a moral, sovereign, self-reliant Christian Western democracy, which is economically powerful, militarily intimidating, politically free, culturally vibrant, and socially cohesive. And that's not a marketing document. That's a to-do list. And it's just so exciting. When I explain that to people, and I say it a couple of times, because civilians aren't used to thinking like we do. We, we, you know, we, we're good. We can see and analyze and decide quickly. They love that idea. But then the method, and the method, oof, this is the toughest method ever. And this is the only one that will guarantee this never happens again. And that's success in battle, as you know, is not having to fight the next war. <laughs> so instead of fighting war to prepare for the next one, this one, how we win this has to mitigate against the possibility of this ever happening again. Now, I'm not so stupid as to think that'll occur, but let's make it in a hundred years or a thousand years. Let's not make it next week. So the method is this. Australia One will create a moral political party which assists every Australian to reach their highest individual potential so collectively all can participate in the reformation of Australia. And now that's, that is such an elegant and beautiful phrase. What it means is we are lifting everybody up to their highest level, whatever that is. doesn't matter. That's your business, what it is. And that way, everybody participates. And, and this is unique because, you know, your founding father said it, Abraham Lincoln, government of the people, by the people, and for the people in reality. And we're going to, and the process we're going to introduce will at first compel people to take, uh, take responsibility for their political future and eventually become part of their way of life, much like it is with you. The Americans understand their rights. They understand the flag. They understand the, the Constitution, the oath of allegiance, all of that. They get it. Yeah, Australians are a little uncomfortable with that sort of stuff. We're a little, little understated when it comes to that issue. But we have to change that. And this is the, this is the foundation we're going to build over the next 75 to 100 years. And we have to have a, a timeline as long as that um, to make sure that we build a nation that will rival the U.S. In fact, I've said it many times. You're going you're gonna to want to move here, guys, because... We're going to manifest the greatest country on the planet. Now, that's just, I like saying that. <laughs> because the Americans, what you have contributed to life on earth is without precedent, is without peer. And I say it half tongue-in-cheek and half seriously. It's a compliment. It's a nod to you. You are the gold standard. I know you've got problems. I know you've got dramas. But that's life. I got it. You don't, you don't beat somebody up for what's happened in the last little while. And you are the standard. You are the example after the rest of the planet. And um, if we can take what you've done, and develop a nation that might even presume to equal you one day, then then we've done a good job and we're looking forward to it. It's 
it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I can see it coming. So yeah, I, that's that's a nice challenge. Uh, I think you're, you know, the Aussies. Every time that I work with you guys, you, you always wanted to <laughs> excel, and you always did. And uh, that's that's what I loved about uh, you know the Australian people. And when I started to do my uh, my courses and so forth, very high numbers of Australians uh, signed up, and uh, I get to speak to a lot of Australians over the last couple of years. You know, helping them develop their own intuition and remote viewing abilities and so forth. So there is a, there is a very high level of uh, achievement there in Australia. So yeah, I would I would love I love Australia. It's, if if I were going to move anywhere in the world, if I only had one place, I would say Australia. So you're you're not you're not far <laughs> off with saying uh, you you could rival and people will want to come there. They, they want to come there right now. I promise you. So uh, there's there's definitely a movement. You guys are really picking it up. And like I've, I've been saying for a long time, as Australia goes, we're going to start to see the rest of the world because I've seen that. So this is very exciting. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of work to do in America just to get back to our Constitution because that's been mm -hmm. stolen from us and been suppressed and, and they're trying to change it. Benjamin Franklin left the Constitutional Hall there in uh, Philadelphia. A lady asked him and said, do we have a Constitution? And he says, yes, madam, if you can keep it. So that's where we're at right now. Uh, can we keep our constitution? Can you create one that's as good, if not better? Absolutely. I remember going overseas in, uh, you know, uh, the Middle East and, and talking to many people over there. Uh, they had the ideal of creating that as well. And I think the millennials are starting to create that. We see in Saudi Arabia, where the king now is a millennial, and they're basically throwing away all of the things that didn't work, and they're starting to move in a new direction. So it's, there's, there's challenges, yes. But there, there's also incredible opportunities, I think, moving forward. People are starting to wake up as never before in history. And we're going to throw off these old uh, ways, uh, these ways of controlling, manipulating, enslaving. Uh, that have, And at this point, they're literally trying to kill us off. I mean, they're, they're yeah. trying to depopulate us. We need to, we need to really get serious about this and start to push back. You are doing that. And I, I totally, uh, you know, honor you, you know, for what you're doing, Ricardo. So it's absolutely amazing. Uh, thank you. It's, it's, uh, it's the most extraordinary privilege to be in this position. I'm the lucky guy up front. Cause I, as you know, every team leader has a, a magnificent team of, of, of people behind them, but that the, just you, you quoted Franklin, and another thing he said was uh, this point. Well, I think it was Franklin. Um, this constitution is highly, it can, completely unsuitable for an immoral people. This is only immoral people can do it. This is the start point. It, it is the start point. We must once again become a moral people, and we have certainly ceased to be one in Oz. And I suspect parts of the US are the same. And that's reflected in the fact, like the fact that we have the most egregiously criminal. Uh, full-term abortion laws on the planet where a baby can be dragged out of a mother at the point of birth yeah. and it's brain sucked out of its head it's not called a baby because it's medical waste and it's the parts are unsold it doesn't get a birth certificate it doesn't get a death certificate now this is five out of five of our six states has these laws and we must become a moral people now in order to you know it's one thing to have me tell people you're a bunch of immoral bastards but what we're doing is we're contesting this state election coming up uh, in three weeks, 25th of March, <clears throat> state election, New South Wales. And we're going to run, we have a team. We're going to run for the, the upper house, the legislative council. It's like the state Senate, for want of a better word. And as I keep explaining to people, we're not getting in there for four years to keep our snouts in the trough, or eight years rather, to keep our snouts in the trough. 
we've given ourselves six months to reveal evidence of crime by the polity, the bureaucracy, the judiciary, the constabulary, the military, the academia, media, big business, big unions, and all the churches, synagogues, mosques, temples, and lodges. We're there just to reveal crime. And that's all we're going to do. We're not going to pass legislation. We're not going to vote. We're not going to do deals. We are not going in there to, to do that. We are going in like, um, who was the uh, the FBI guy that cleaned out? What's his name? Uh, way back when. They made a Edgar Hoover? Or... No, no, God, no. Yeah, <laughs> I, I look like, terrible oh. in a dress. <laughs> no, no. He, uh, so he cleaned out the he cleaned out the prohibition, the bootlegging uh, way back when, and he had to find some honest people to do it. Well, that's what we're doing. We're going in with some honest people, and we're just going to dig through. And as, as elected representatives, we get access to information. We get priority. We get everything we need. And we're going to produce evidence of crime. And in six months, you're going to see a protest in front of uh, our state parliament house in the millions demanding that the whole system be stopped. You know, stop the world. I want to get off. We'll stop this. We're going to fix it. And so that this is the uh, an exciting part. So this in the next three weeks, we want the world to focus on the state election in New South Wales, spread the word that there's this team of people called the Australia One Group that's going in to reveal evidence of crime, and they're terrified. They, they, are, they are coming at us hard. We've got evidence of corruption all ready to go, bogus websites. We're trying to register our candidates on the website, and it turns out to be not the website. So when we go back the next day, they said, I'm sorry, we have no uh, record of you registering anything. And so all of this stuff goes on. Um, ballots, boxes of ballots uh, disappear and they end up in industrial waste bins at, in factory sites. It's it's really low-level corruption, uh, and yet it's effective. And so we've got to get in, and we want to make sure we make it as hard for them as possible to cheat so we can get in, reveal the evidence of crime, horrify the people of New South Wales, absolutely horrify them, and scare them back into morality. And I'm not talking about any particular morality. Let's just talk about right and wrong. Because yeah. I'd like to talk about a high level of morality, uh, an agreed set of rules by which we live, not a common set of rules, because a common morality, as you can imagine, only would appeal to the lowest common denominator. Well, that's not what we're about. We're a Christian nation, and we will return to being a Christian nation in, in reality as well as, as, as uh, demographically. And so we know what's right and wrong. You don't kill a baby. That's pretty simple. You just do not kill babies. And yet we've got these lunatic feminazi uh, politicians in our Labor Party. Uh, our first female prime minister was one, Julia Gillard. She's, a, she's an awful piece of work. Penny Wong, she's currently the foreign minister. Tanya Plibersek, all these females, and their, their sole job, apart from getting their snouts in the trough and sucking off the public teeth for as many years as possible, mm -hmm. is to get full-term abortion nationwide, no questions asked, publicly funded, and they're almost there. This is no longer a moral country. Australia is living pre-biblical barbarism. And before I get on this high horse for too long, Dante Alighieri is the divine, the divine comedy. Yeah. That's, that's Virgil guiding Dante through uh, hell, purgatory, and finally to paradise. It's a magnificent piece of work. But as they're entering, they first encounter this group that are mindlessly following a blank banner and being stung into action by wasps. And Dante says to, to Virgil, who, who are these people? And he says, these have been rejected by both heaven and hell. Neither wants them. These are the, the apathetic. They don't care. These are the, this is the worst of all places to be. Hmm. And so that's what we've become. We haven't become monsters. We've become apathetic. The monsters are there without a doubt. Right. But the great majority of us have lost our morality. 
we no longer can tell the difference between right and wrong. And for me, a moral people, and this is my definition of it, a moral people agree to what is right and wrong and then think, speak, and act to advance the right and eradicate the wrong. It's as simple as that. And that's what we have to become. If we do that, when we do this in Australia, then we have the foundation upon which we can build the greatest nation that ever lived, with a nod, of course, the United States. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ricardo, I, I think you're gonna I think you're gonna achieve it. At least you're making an impact at the very, very minimum. Uh and uh and let's hope Australia one, you know, prevails because it's it's the best for Australia. Uh we're we're having the same situation as far as like, you know, vote cheating on a massive scale here in the United States. Our last two elections have been massively stolen. Uh so that's that's one of our great challenges. So I know with your leadership, you know, you could possibly make the difference there. Cause I wish that I had I could have my team, you know, my old teams, uh, to like, you know, get go out there and make sure these elections weren't stolen, especially uh the one that just happened in Arizona. Uh, I'd love to go back, but I can't cover every, the whole country. The whole country was taken over. It seems like uh, when when Trump came into in 2020. So the the steals uh, have to stop. So if you can get an election steal to to be stopped, and the people actually vote, we'll probably see all of that get get taken away very quickly. Uh, it mm -hmm. it seems like I think a lot of people, and we see some evidence of this because there are people that agree with this stuff, but I think on the, on the majority of people don't, but the majority of people aren't voting now. Uh, they're mm -hmm. being, their votes are being stolen and, uh, and either thrown in the trash bin, like you're talking about, like I think happens in a lot of places, or they're being uh, compromised and switched. So that's, that's the thing that's happening, uh, around the world. I, I saw this, uh, when I was in Afghanistan for, uh, you know, I, I was like, well, I hope the, uh, you know, they, they, they use, uh, you know, this guy to be the, the next leader. And I, I, I got from the Australian, uh, chief of station. Don't worry. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're still, they're going to, they're going to make sure, you know, uh, Karzai gets in there. So, uh, and, and now we're seeing Karzai, his brother has like this multi-mansion mansion estate here in the United States. So the money laundering, like, the, like you talk about the trough. You know, they go and feed the trough. Uh, they get put in those positions of power. And uh, it's it's from these these organizations, you know, these high level organizations like CIA. Uh, I, having been in the CIA for 11 years, I can tell you there's there's those of us in the front like we know that do the good work. And behind the scenes are people doing evil work and, uh, you know, money, you know, drug trafficking. I saw when Afghanistan, they were like, you know, they're going to bring opium in. And they were bringing opium in uh, in large uh, quantities. And that's when we had an opium epidemic in the United States. So we know these people are evil. We know they want to take over. We have to expose them. It's at great risk sometimes to us to uh, expose this stuff. But it's it's worthwhile because people are waking up and we can change. We help change the world. So I know you guys are doing that. And I, I love it. It's fantastic. No, it's a. Uh... It's funny, people thank me for what I do, and I, I, I sort of shake my head because I'm sure you'll, you'll understand this sentiment. I couldn't do any, I couldn't stop doing this any more than I could stop breathing. For me, this is a continuation of the of the work that I did for my country, you did for your country. Right. It's just in a suit instead of a, a uniform, and uh, I'm now carrying a pen instead of a, a an M4, and I'm good with that. It, it's just so natural. I couldn't do anything but 
regardless of the cost. And once again, let's say, and you know, a good a good good soldier always looks at the best and the worst. And let's say I get whacked and I get suicided or whatever. So we're just cutting a path for the people behind us. It doesn't matter how long we last out front as long as we're there, cutting a path. Eventually we all go. Somebody will take up the, the machete and keep cutting through the jungle and get to the clearing. And so quite, I'm, I'm quite at peace with that. And, you know, we've had our uh, discussion with our executive. We talked about uh, continuity, business continuity. It's if I go down, don't even pause. Don't even pause. Just keep moving forward. You take a casualty in the assault, you don't sit there and hold his hand. Off you go. When the, when when you've got time, you might do something about it. But you know, we've had this discussion. And tell you what, if people think I'm hard, wait till they meet my bride. <laughs> she, she might be in a wheelchair with multiple sclerosis, but she's the toughest woman I've ever met. Bugger, that toughest person I've ever met. She is. Uh-huh. I'll tell you what, last night, where we uh, went to bed, I went to bed at 10. I was up at 3. She went to bed at 1. And then worked until about five and went to bed for about an hour, then came back up again. She's still at work. Wow. This is how this is done. And we just we just drive forward relentlessly. Mm. And they just can't the bad guys just can't keep up. And I love it. <laughs> oh no, she's she's just uh she's amazing. Without her, I guarantee it, this isn't some sort of passing or glancing compliment. Without her, we wouldn't be here. You know, we are as one. There is not a sliver of light between us. That's the only way this could work, because this is absolute dedication to the level that you and I and a few others might understand. Mm, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, it's like my anniversary today. So my wife and I've been together for 20 years. So we're celebrating today. So I, I appreciate, you know, all those, you know, it's part, it's a team effort. It could be. Yeah. And now we, we understand that and we have always understood, but you know, even more so now, you know, that our family, you know, helps us on uh, an, an amazing level like my family. Yeah. And then we have Absolutely. some large sports. And yeah, I agree with you. If I go down, I I've felt this way for a long time. Uh, I'm, I'm charging ahead. Now I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very, very careful, you know, where I focus my energies. Cause I know <laughs> if I go too far that out there, you know, I'm going to get whacked, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty savvy now as far as like, you know, keeping, keeping things in, in a, in a, in a good, my fire goes in the right direction. So, uh, yeah. And, it, and it's been taking these guys out and I, I can see some of the stuff I put out is taken up by Trump the next day. Uh, so it's, it's very rewarding. Uh, so we're, yeah. we're kind of like on the same sync, uh, sing, singing the same tune. He just came out and said, he's going to obliterate the deep state. So I'm like, that's what he said last night here in America. So that's, that's very promising. So he's basically, getting, yeah, absolutely. he's letting them know it's, uh, you know, you're, you're done. You know, I, I'm going to have public ex- executions uh, and, you know, the people want to see you guys being taken out so they can say, OK, you know, all these people that have done all this evil. We want to see that they have, they have they're not getting a, a ride somewhere, not uh, being shuffled off somewhere. They're they're based. They're gone. All right. We saw that. Yeah, that's um, that links to what I wanted to say next, which was the unpredictability, because, as you know, a good special operator is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll say and do the most unpredictable thing and put them off balance and you come back and you're back on your main effort or your supporting effort or there's a ruse or, <laughs> or something. And uh, to your point about the executions, I said this a long time ago because we had our last execution in this country in '56. Guy called Ronald Ryan was hung in Melbourne, capital city of the state of Victoria in the southeast. And he was uh, executed for murder. We haven't had one since then. And the the left always complain it's. Uh, it's 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 unchristian. It's 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 just barbaric to execute people. These are the same people are killing babies. So that argument doesn't wash anymore. But when I said 
we will reintroduce capital punishment for treason and life uh, life imprisonment without the possibility of parole for, uh, for, without the possibility of parole for sedition. They said, "Oh no, this guy's a, a right wing lunatic. There's nothing right wing about it. This is just justice because the people have the right to see justice being meted out as opposed to some slap on the wrist and they get out and they're, they're back at work." No, no, that's all done. And they said that uh, it was too extreme. And I can tell you now, the one request I get more than anything else is, can I be the one that pulls the lever that opens the trapdoor on the <laughs> on the gallows? Because they now understand what I was saying. And I actually added, by the time we get through with this, you will think I'm too soft. You'll say I'm not executing enough people. Oh, yeah. And that's probably, that's probably true, too, because the bloodlust will rise. Yep. And that in and of itself is not a bad thing as long as it's it's kept in check because they have the right to see those who were perpetrating a genocide on the Australian people to see them brought to justice. They have to see it. I agree. And if they don't see that, they're like you're saying, the bloodlust is going to rise so much, they're going to be pulling people out in the streets and taking care of business on their, on their own. So they absolutely a lot of people are saying, that's barbaric. You're going to do public executions. You're going to want them. You're going to want them going forward. Uh, a lot yep. of people, a lot of people want them right now. Uh, and that, yeah. that those numbers are going to grow as time goes forward. Oh, they're growing in Oz. And I remember a story out of the US, it was back 1850s, I think, mm -hmm. where they hung a man twice. Uh, but this guy did short version. He killed uh, the, the, father, the father and mother and the children. And so they, they found him. They put him up on the gallows and they opened the trap door. And they made sure the knot was just loose enough so it would slip off. And so he went through the terror of going through the trap door once. And then they put him back up and they put it on properly. And one of the old dears in the crowd said, that was for the little ones. <laughs> uh, and so they hung him twice. So, yeah, bloodlust or the desire for justice to be seen, to be done, mm -hmm. critical, critical. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting going forward. And like uh, like we're both talking about, uh, it's, it's going to be some challenges. But on the other side of this is absolutely a golden era. And, uh, you know, people are going to be healed. The med beds come out. The med beds are starting to creep out already. I, I'm involved with people that are doing some of this uh, tech, uh, this stuff. And uh, one of them uh, in uh, Arizona just grew back a, a dog's leg. And uh, it's... Wow. Yeah. So the, that stuff is coming. And people are like, where is it? Well, this this revolution doesn't happen until we take down the people that have stopped it. Uh, they, they've controlled us. They've, they've, I mean, they've injected us, uh, with this, uh, criminal, uh, you know, injection that's killing us off on purpose. In one of our States yeah. we have in, um, Idaho, they're trying to pass a bill where if anyone, anyone, whether it's a doctor, nurse, whatever, uh, injects anyone with MRNA, they can be held criminally liable. Uh, so that that's, Sounds good to me. that's a start, you know, so it'll yeah. catch fire and then it will spread. And uh, we'll start to see these people, uh, you know, pulled, pulled out of, out of their, you know, positions of uh, influence and power, like the Bill yeah. Gates and the Fauci's of the world. Haven't seen Fauci in a while. Uh, and a lot of our politicians <laughs> are kind of like disappearing as well. There's kind of like just going off the scene. Oh, I got, I'm, I'm in a hospital now. Oh, wow. You've, you've been gone for a long time. How about that? So, you know, uh, it's coming. The other question I get about the med beds, because I get that quite a bit, and I say, look, when it comes, it comes, but don't wait. Stop waiting. So, you know, this, the waiting place is a right. dumb place to be. Yeah. And uh, last night, this is um, the lost book of herbal, re herbal remedies, and there's there's no shortage of solutions out there. And there was a doctor yeah. famously during the, the AIDS crisis back in the 80s, 
and uh, and this is by uh, Nicole Abelian, PhD. It's brilliant. But get started, folks, because with with the the micronutrients and and um, vitamins and minerals, you can give the body its best chance to do what it does naturally, which is heal itself. And this, I can't remember his name, and I wish I could, because it ends more lends more authenticity to the story. But he was dealing with AIDS patients in the in the eighties when it was really taking off. And as you know, uh, they were dying from other diseases. They didn't die from AIDS. They just died from things like pneumonia. And a, a bout of pneumonia for somebody with full-blown AIDS was a death sentence. And he had this one uh, gentleman who had, I think it was three bouts of pneumonia and survived all of them quite easily. And all he did was give them mega doses of, uh, of vitamins and minerals and the micronutrients, allowing the body to do what it did best. Nice. And so there are things that everyone watching this show can spread the word. There are things you can do right now research find it take action there's nothing like taking action to give to get put that lead back in your pencil to really get that stiff in that spine uh and and realize that you know, your future is in your hands the worst thing they have done to us is convince us that we have no power on any level and michael do you know that we have all the power in the world depending on how deep you want to go um given by god for us to use wisely but even on the simple the simple task of looking up and finding out what vitamins and minerals and medications you can use to protect you and your family, it gives you that confidence that you you have some degree of control at least in your life. Herodotus said that you know, circumstances rule men; men do not rule circumstances. Well, yes and no, up to a point. You don't sit back and let life happen. You got to make it happen. If it works out, great. And if it doesn't, that's great too. You know, it's it's there's so much that everyone can do in this right now. To keep themselves strong and happy, their fa their family strong and happy, and upon that foundation, we can win every war. Absolutely, and uh, you know they're coming at us from a lot of different angles. Uh, you know, not only the vaccination, but also the war that's happening in uh, Ukraine. They're they're picking on someone that's not a a little little player like they have in the past. Like South Korea was a little player, um, Vietnam little player, uh, yep. Afghanistan little player. So uh, and they they didn't really win those wars either. So uh, they just they just stretched them out, and those of us that were involved in, uh, like when I was in Afghanistan, we were we were saying this thing is over. What's going on here? Uh, Iraq, same thing. What's going on here? Yep. And they just drug yep. on and drug on and drug on. It was like ah, they're they're causing this to to continue because they're they're profiting from it. it. Became obvious to a lot of us. Very frustrating. Uh, but now this war in in uh, Ukraine with a major power that has prepared to basically annihilate nato if they need to uh it's a whole different ball game and we're going to see not only the the covid uh lie and the vaccination lie and the uh election lies but also this lie about how we should be fighting russia all collapse on them and they are going to pay and they're going to be obliterated like president trump said well, it's two thumbs up from me on that <laughs> absolutely all right, Ricardo, thank you so much for coming on. We'll have to have uh, more shows in the future. We'll uh, we'll look forward to uh, your success with Australia One and uh, come have you come back on and uh, talk about, you know, what's going on there. Uh, look forward to seeing Australia, like, you know, just kick this and just go to the next level. Oh, you bet. No, thank you so much, Michael. Thanks for the invitation and thanks to your audience for listening. And uh, this is um, the best of times and the worst of times, just as Charles Dickens wrote. But fortunately, we're on the best of time side coming up because uh, in the history of this planet, there was there has never been a better time to be alive. Maybe around the time of Christ, but that's a different story.
no doubt. And how can uh, people reach you if they want to, Ricardo? Okay, the website is australiaoneparty.com, Australia, O-N-E, the number one, uh, the sort of spelt one, O-N-E, party.com. That's the website. You can go visit the website. Be careful that some of the some of the search engines are blocking us so the website doesn't actually have function. But if you go on to Brave, for example, as your search engine, look look for it there, you'll get it on and uh, you'll access it. But they are blocking us. They're shadow blocking us on everything. We're not on We're not on Facebook. We're not on uh, Twitter. We were. They got done. We're on Rumble and uh, BitChute. So uh, Google, uh, not Google, but search for Australia One videos there. There are hundreds of videos, thousands of hours of interviews that I've done. Be careful. Uh, I do use salty language occasionally, <laughs> and so I, I do apologise to to the to the more sensitive ears out there. But the funny thing is, I do apologise quite often for that. And uh, the little old ladies, and these are these are old dudes in their seventies and eighties, and they come and go. You keep saying that. I love it when you when you get stuck in. <laughs> so they don't actually mind the language, which right. is, which is just lovely. But yeah, AustraliaOneParty.com. Check out Bitchit Rumble for the videos. Lots of interviews there, and. Uh, Spread the word so everyone is watching the results. All right, twenty fifth, twenty fifth of March. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll put your links in the uh, description box. You know, everyone share this around. This is a monumental uh, thing that's happening in Australia, so we want to, you know, give them the most support as possible. So thanks a lot, Ricardo. Thank you. Right, thanks, mate. Thank you so much for listening to Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Until next time, stay in the love vibration as you continue your journey to become the master of your reality.